Hi, this is Tony Ruggiero, the Dew Sweeper. You're listening to the Tour Coach Podcast, giving you insights into golf instruction at the highest level from on the PGA Tour to our learning center at Frederica Golf Club. All right, so another edition of the Tour Coach here from another retreat at Frederica Golf Club, our home. And it's been a great weekend sitting around with me here. It's my good friend, Wayne Flint. Wayne, thanks for coming down from Birmingham again. Always great having you in to bail me out and help me look like I know what I'm doing. So good having you. And Dr. Scott Lynn, who certainly makes us smarter. He handles the biomechanics edition of the tour coach here. And my good friend and super agent and performance coach. In fact, we had uh, Connor Luke just sent me a message said you changed his life today. So we'll get into that later on. Mac Barnhart. So hey, man. what I wanted to talk about on this is, so I was going to just kind of briefly get this thing kicked off, was Scott and I were talking earlier in the Bay, I think today, I don't know if it was today or yesterday, about how I think that if you're really going to develop and foster talent, you want to have people that are really good at all the different disciplines that it might take to be really good, whether it's performance coaching. I think biomechanics is something that's new, but that is a hundred percent you have to have if you want to do that. Because Mac, we talked about this on another podcast, like speed and power isn't going anywhere. Like <laughs> it's right. It's part of it. And it's our job to figure out how to build these good golf swings and then get them to be more powerful. And you need people that are great at short game and you need mental coaches. We use Dr. Carton when he's not quarantined. (laughs) And then the fitness side who Colby and Morgan play such a big part. And so I think that's an important part of what we do is exposing players to all the different disciplines that it could possibly take. And that's been my philosophy and something I believe. And I mean, we talked about that today and how people stay in their lanes and do what they need to do, but we, but like with, when it may be at one part where I get out of the way because it's your, it's your specialty, right? Or it may be a kid wanting to talk about how to practice, how much should they practice versus how much should they play. That's performance. That's yours, you know, and, and so forth. So that's the great thing about sitting here. I get to learn being with Scott things that I've not been exposed to. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my big thing is, I, you know, we know the guys that we work with can play. My dream is for them to play for a long time. So Scott not only can help them go fast and go and hit it straight, do it well, but do it for a long time and not hurt themselves. So that's what I've learned and enjoyed watching in this case. That was pretty cool today because we had a, we had a player who you were using the 3D plate, and I would have not known this. I mean, I knew that it wasn't right, but he knew from the data that what this young person was doing was going to hurt them if they kept doing it. Yeah, and it was interesting because Morgan was there, and I said, Morgan, go check this guy's left hip. And then she's like, oh, my God, it's not working well at all. So I probably could have told her that already from the data, but she went in, did some stretches, did some activations, and it got a little better. And then we did some golf swing stuff, and it got a little better, but it still wasn't great. And so now they're going to work on the exercises, and, and it's more of a long-term solution, which I don't think a lot of people do. You know, most people take their hour golf lesson and, they get a high five and off they go. We don't have, you know, the follow up of the fitness and, you know, all of the stuff that, that you need to perform over time. So we're not looking for quick fixes here. So if it, uh, if we can get it, we did get it a little better. So the guy will probably play decent in the next little while and then probably do it a little better, but, uh, it's going to take a long term fix. And I think we impressed that on, on and, them today. And you and I talked throughout the weekend and Wayne and I've talked about this bunch. Mac and I've talked about it much like, so some people go take a one hour lesson and it's a one hour 
the goal is to get your speed or your numbers up, high five you on the way out, you've done a great job, right? Like I don't think that what, what we do and what I do is, is that way at all. I learned it from him, but it's more about we're going to give you a whole plan and a team around you that long-term is going to make you a much better player. And I don't think it needs to be just juniors. I mean, we've got a mid-amateur player here. Yeah. We've got a young guy who played small college who you changed his life, but like <laughs> is trying to just be enjoy golf and be more competitive. We've got a big young guy who's going to try to play for a living. I mean, this guy's like a physical specimen. Yeah, we right? had the, neuro, or the anesthesiologist, just an old guy likes to play with his buddies and right? still wanted to be, you know, get the whole experience. So I don't know, whatever level of golf you are, I think you can get better. So any golfer, if you involve all the disciplines that it takes, can get better. For sure. You know, we go to the doctor and, and it would be like going to your general physician for every ailment you have. You know, we got Dr. Murph for ankles. we got Dr. Top for backs. We've got our get heart this, guy, we got our lung guy, we got our anesthesiologist. When you go and take a golf lesson. I mean, it's like a, it's a journey. It's like climbing Everest. I mean, you go to base camp, you're just barely can breathe there, and then we're going to try to get you up to twenty nine thousand feet, and it's going to take a team of Sherpas to help you get there, right? <laughs> and so you're going to have to like, but it's so often people go think, well, yeah, I can go do this and learn this one fix, and like Doctor Scott said, you know, maybe his hip won't do that, and if you make him do it, he's going to hurt himself. Well, that's I've had that happen with a client. I think we sent a client out to Dr. Philippon in Vail because his, his hip was like that. And we found that if he'd have kept stretching it, he would have hurt him. Like it was a, it was physically unable to make that move. So there has to be something done. That's the thing I'll enjoy. And I can sit around and learn and, and see it because, you know, pass it along to clients. And then and so many people don't ask the right questions. I don't, I don't think people know the questions asked. Like, I'm not getting to my left side. Well, there's like seven things you know, the neat thing about it, too, is a young man that had the little bit of a hip problem as a student of mine. And the stuff that I've been working on with him for a while now, and he's he's a good golfer and about to go play some Division One golf. And, you know, we get done talking and, you know, he gravitates over to me because he's, he's comfortable with me. And he said, you know, this is really, really cool because you've got four or five guys and they're pouring their heart out into your golf swing. The students appreciate that. I mean, they they trust their teacher and they they come because of their teacher. But when they see the team of guys and everybody's pouring their heart out, really trying to help these young young guys, young girls, and mid amateurs and whoever it is, they appreciate that. It's just not a a one off golf lesson and get ready to go play the member member and have fun that weekend. You know, it's it's all about the journey of getting better and. And doing it for a long time. And I think you've almost created, I mean, what I found out there with those kids, you've created almost a team atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Those kids are cheering for each other. Like Connor was that little, Gavin was it? Yeah. He's like, man, I got to pump this kid up because he's good. And he did like, he was cutting down on them. He's like, and I was like, that's cool. Like it, it is like a team, right? Like, you know, if you're on a baseball team and your buddy's getting down on stuff, you might go over and say, Hey, like we're in golf. I don't know if that happens, but, uh, Seems to happen in the deuce groups. It doesn't take them long. I don't know how long Gavin and Connor have been here. It's been here two days, right? <laughs> two days. Two days of exchanged Christmas cards. Yeah. <laughs> but like, but the other thing too is so like my upbringing in teaching was like if you didn't do it in like a one hour lesson where it was private, just you and the guy, like you really weren't. It wasn't a good lesson, right? Right. But whereas we're working with somebody for twenty minutes and there's seven people sitting around four of them students, three of them students, and everybody's watching and pitching and helping. It's a totally different environment than I ever learned to play golf. Oh, in. Totally. I mean, I took lessons from you and from Woody and it was the one hour because that's all we knew. Right. And this kind of happened by total mistake, really. But it, to me, 
you know, you know way more about like how people learn and you've done a bunch of stuff with Dr. Will Wu, but like, I think to me, young people especially really like getting things in short bursts, hearing what they need to do, get the feel of it, and then just go do the damn thing on their own and not just sitting there for an hour. It seems like, and I don't know if that has anything to do with how people learn, but it certainly seems to be people like it better. And I like how the fact that we're here for three days. And so we're working with them constantly for three days. And so, you know, a kid came up to me and said, Hey, we were, I was working on that thing yesterday and I, I was struggling with this. Oh, let's try this. We're at an hour golf lesson. You just send them off and you might not see them again for a week, a month. A Worst month. development in golf was a timed golf lesson. <laughs> Some need three hours and sometimes it's five minutes. Sure. And unfortunately, when it became a financial proposition, they developed it into 60 minute increments. It's because we couldn't figure out how to bill for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I, I think it's always, you know, it's like I would rather just say, all right, I'm going to pay you this much this year to get make me better. And if it's two minutes or four hours or whatever, and people go, well, I'm not going to commit that much. And I'm like going, no, wait a minute. You know how much an hour lesson is? Like, you probably pay less in the mm-hmm. end. Right, right. In the long run, for sure. Sure. I think these guys, these kids, you know, when you when you help someone with something, I can't tell you how many times I've seen the tour player talking to another tour player. So, look, when I have that issue, this is what I do. And then the guy walks off and goes, I think I need to go do that myself. Sometimes when you teach, you learn. Right. right. right? And I think that's where the camaraderie gets with it. The second thing is, is as golfers, a lot of times they hit a bad shot. They're down on themselves. But they would never... Tell their buddy, hey, man, that sucked. That is a horrible shot. They'd always say, man, hey, pick it up. It's okay. And pretty soon, there's no one talking negative to anybody. There's always someone in your corner pitching you up and saying, hey, let's let's go. You know, I always tell people, if you treated yourself like you treat your friends, what a wonderful life you would have. <laughs> right. Right. right? And you- so it's so great to see the older guys, too, take the, you know, 13-year-old kid under their wing and walk off the last hole, and they're patting him on the back, telling him how great they played. and. You know, you just see the young man, you know, growing with confidence and growing up before your right. before your eyes. You know, because he's he's out with guys that he looks up to and admires, and and they're treating him like they're equals. And yeah, you know, just that does so much for young guys, young girls. You know, yeah. all all of them. I mean, it it just builds their confidence about themselves and makes them want to continue to play and makes them want to continue to learn. So right. they're not scared of getting in that arena. You got one of your students, Gavin. I think he's fourteen. <laughs> Already a incredible athlete, incredible kid, but here he's matched up some guys that are getting ready to go turn pro. Right. It's pretty intimidating. Right. But I don't I don't know if y'all saw just before it was getting dark, I saw him on the putting green out there putting. And I'm thinking, what bro? No. <laughs> it won't take him long, but how intimidating. Fourteen year old versus a guy that can hit it at three thirty. Right. And but But they're pairing up. Yep. They're playing together. They're all playing a match. Yep. And I think it brings up so the other thing that I think's important is the playing part of it. And for years, I was coming up. I, I would watch where Wayne and I work. I mean, these camps just made them do skills tests and beat balls all day from eight o'clock till three or something or four, and then they'd go play six holes. And these guys were exhausted, right? And they and they they got where they didn't like doing it. Right. Whereas now, I mean, we you you're there. Everybody's pitching in, and everybody has lunch, and then you go play eighteen holes of golf, and you kind of shut the instruction off. Then then it's about playing golf and having fun. Right. And I think that, you know, then they all come back in 
and they come back in and they have questions about what they did and they'll say, Hey, tomorrow, can you help me with this or whatever? But like, I I think that you've got to keep the playing aspect very centric in what you're asking these people to do. And because if, if you get it where it's got to be too much where you can't get better unless you stand out there for eight hours, you're going to lose them. Yeah, I, I, and these kids, they were talking to me like, you know, what about, what do I, who would I get to help me with this? And I'd say, that's your responsibility to figure out how to play golf. It's not theirs. They're teaching you fundamentals, teaching you techniques, but it's your job. I said, I've seen so many young kids, you know, they go out and shoot 79 and their parents pick them up, take them straight to the instructor and get another lesson. Well, that's <laughs> great for the instructor getting $250 an hour, but 79 could have been for a lot of reasons. Second thing, these kids now are, they're telling me they're keeping their stats. I'm like, there's already a stat. It's called what you shoot. <laughs> That's your stat. I don't care if you have one green or 18 greens, what'd you shoot? That's the stat you're looking for. To go out and say, well, I'm not playing well because I only hit five greens. There's people in golf tournaments hit five greens. Phil Mickelson hit tournaments hit no greens. I mean, but this stat stuff now is like how good, you know, it's just, it's sometimes I think it gets overrun because there's more opportunities for people to make money by saying, hey, I'm going to do your stats. Well, there's a stat every day they post it up in the, on the board. But a lot of these kids, you know, as I always tell them, I said, it's still your responsibility to figure out how to do this. And they're not going to be here with you on the 17th hole with a one shot lead. I mean, you better know what to do. Right. But you can't just hand it over to the instructor. I mean, it's too much responsibility. Well, that's what I like. One of the things that I think is important is that the player has accountability and takes ownership of what they're doing, whether it's understanding why you, Scott, you've asked them to do something or I've asked them or Wayne or Max told them something like in the end, I mean, we can explain stuff to them and help them understand the cause and effect, but if they don't take ownership of it and they don't understand it themselves. And I think that's where, I think that's where real learning comes from a player is when they actually understand the reason you're explaining something to it, they understand the effect that it has on the golf ball or their game, and then they commit themselves to working on it. But if you just tell somebody to change something, and I think, you know, I was that way growing up, people would tell you to do something, but if I didn't understand it, the first time that I hit two bad shots, I was like, well, shit, that can't be right, because I didn't understand why the hell it would work if the ball went good. And that's why I like the, you know, Will's kind of, Goldilocks drill, right? Do mm-hmm. too much, too little, and just right of it. Talk about that. That was that's. I love that. Did you see that this week, Wayne? This is. I've used this. He did this with me and Lucas, and Lucas thought it was fascinating. But right. it's. So we had a kid whose face is wide open, right? So we tried to get his wrist, wrist a little more bowed to try to spread the face, or yeah. And, and he was doing it, and he was like, "I don't really know." I remember he was like, yeah. eh. And I was like, "Okay, well, on this one, cup it as much as you possibly can," and he sees <laughs> the ball go away, right? Uh, on this on next one, like give me like ultra DJ, and he sees the ball go away. Look, and this little light went off, and I said, "I'm like now do halfway between that," and he like flushed it, and then then he got it bought him in, right? He bought into. He's like, "Oh, I get it. So if I do this, it goes there. If I do that, it goes there." And if I, oh, okay, cool. And, and then and then that became his drill, right? I was like, hit one this way, one that way, and then one that way. And to me, that helps if he's on the golf course and one goes right. He said, "Oh, that's probably a good we did that on the golf course Saturday, right. and I, that's what I, there was." So uh, fourteen. No, 13, par four, water on the right. Yeah. I said to him, look, so where's the one place you can't hit this? He's like, right. I go, okay. So when you're working with Scott, I, what's the one thing we, we said and told you to do if you didn't want to go right? He's like, well, I got to overdo it. Yeah. So he's like, all right, well, I make the swing overdo it, does it. And he hammers a ball that draws down the left side of the fairway, right? But like, that's teaching him. Right, you know, applying the stuff now, to now take he can him. go anywhere to any tournament sure. and understand 
that process of right versus But also, left. if he doesn't want it to go left, he knows, hey, I can do a little of this, and or, I'll make sure it won't go left. I mean, if it does go right, or if he does hit it offline, like, I think that's what creates frustration as golf when you do something, you don't know why it happened. Right. But if he's like, oh, I just feel oh, perfect. I got the next one. No problem. Then he's learned something and he's like, you know, so I think that really helps you understand. Because I think people get way less frustrated and pissed off with bad shots if they understand why they hit them. 100%. Yeah, like, it I think everybody accepts that they're human and they can make a bad swing. Most of us, and now it's just a bad shot or whatever. It's when you hit a shot and you're like, the worst one is like, I felt like I did everything right or it felt good and I look up and it's 30 yards right or it's 30 yards left. And so that's why I think it's so critical when you have all these disciplines, you have a better chance at helping the person understand the why. Right. And certainly in competition, it helps them stay calm yeah. and, and work their way they through the process of, of, of the playing, yeah. playing the round of golf where, where it's not an instant panic when they see one go to the right and they don't know why. Right. I mean, I, I would panic too. Sure. <laughs> you know, so you turn they, the steering wheel right and the car hits the tree on the left side. <laughs> That's scary. scary anybody, right? But you've, mean, you've caddied a bunch out there. Like, I think a comforting thing for a player is to know one thing that can make it not go one direction if right. they have to. Yeah. Right? Like, and it yeah. doesn't matter how far it goes the other direction. If they want to know one thing that'll that keep that it right. Because you're going to get that. Everybody one. always tells me, well, the tour players, they never aim away from trouble. And I always go, like, okay. <laughs> okay, you just keep believing that. I mean, how many times you've seen the guys 17th hole at traveler that late oh. comes down right and they're over on that left side of the bank in the rough i mean it how many guys in the right trees on 18 at sawgrass it's it, like it's, they're full yeah. <laughs> at the brain knows right yeah. i mean and it takes a pretty good commitment i i all these kids it's so fun to watch them in the sense that they're becoming better people mm-hmm. not just golfers they become better people because they're they feel like they're moving forward I mean, I just saw a video of Fred Couples from Butch Arm. But Freddie's 60, mm-hmm. and he's still working on his golf swing. Fred, Butch, oh, yeah. if people think this is an easy game, check it out. Like, yeah. it's not. I think it's really important that we have the team atmosphere, not just with the kids, but with the teachers, too. Because I've been in atmospheres where I've gone up and said something to somebody, and another teacher comes like, that was not your place to say that or whatever. And, like... I've never had that feeling. That's once one here. good thing around here. You don't yeah. see that. No, no never. And I think it's, I mean, I'm not saying nobody has an ego, right? Cause everybody has everybody a little does. bit of one, but yeah. I think one thing I think it's cool about what we do is it doesn't really matter who jumps in. There's times that you, there's times that like you taught the whole lesson this week, right? right? Cause like the kids heard my shit, yeah. right? There's times that heck we're working with a kid. And then he just gets off and he wants to know about, like, he feels pretty good about it, but he wants to know about how to practice and prepare. And Mac took over, sure, right? Perfect. And then there's, you know, a kid that was like, man, my, my putting's been terrible. Yeah, and Wayne and, and would walk out there and spend an hour on the putting green, right? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Mac, you've spent tons of time with my juniors and our players here on chipping and wedges, right? It's, you love it. And so, like, I just don't think it matters. The whole point is that the person progresses. Right, and if you if everybody doesn't have an ego or care who gets the credit, normally the job gets done better. Right. Yeah, I've never ever had the had the sensation that I shouldn't say something because it maybe wasn't my place or it was Scott's turn to talk or right. you know and, and you know I've certainly been in other situations where me too you don't say anything because right. you're like hey, you know who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, no, that's not a very good learning environment when you're. When you're on eggshells like right. that. And, and I think the kids pick up on that. Yeah. They, yeah, they get comfortable and they get way more comfortable. Yeah. But it wasn't like, you know, coming up teaching, like I, I was always taught, like, man, if 
I just stood in the back and shut up and I didn't say a word. Right. right? And, uh, you know, with Jackson and, and Eric, I mean, like, you're like, jump in there. Yeah. Right. Jump in there. Like, you can't mess them up so bad that the four of us can fix them <laughs> by the end of the day. Right. And I'm for that. We did have times where I was like, try this. And I was like, no, no, stop that. Like, yeah. Tony, what do you think now? Like, that, yeah. that went the wrong way. Let's, yeah. so like, you just try, yeah, reboot. Yeah. 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 We had a guy, we had a young guy today, like, right. And then I was like, nah, I don't really like that. And you're like, no, come on, let's try this. And, and then, then they tried it, and I was like, yeah, you're right. I don't yeah, like that. You know, so it's interesting. And then the other parts of that is obviously technology is here to stay, right? And so we, we have everything you would need here at the Frederica Learning Center to make anybody better. Mm-hmm. But it's cool. Just because you have it doesn't mean that it has to be so complicated that a person can't come in there for 20 minutes and leave and hit the ball better right away. Sure. And I think the, the force plate is just such powerful technology because you can't fake it, right? It, it shows what your nervous system's mm-hmm. doing, how you're reacting to certain things. and to, Which uh, I found fat. The nervous system stuff today was new for me, yeah, which you yeah. showed me on that. And and about, you know, where we're talking about Matt and then we had uh, and Blake where the, the physical part wouldn't let him. And you showed, I mean, that was new to me. Like, yeah. I, And that's one thing I like doing this is, I mean... I mean, we've seen a bunch of stuff doing this all the time, but you learn something every time. And it, it's, I'm getting more confident with it now because I've seen it so many times, and I'm sure you guys will get mm-hmm. there eventually when you start seeing it. It's like the second I said, Morgan, take this guy, stand him on his left foot, let's see what happens. And I just knew it wasn't going to be pretty because <laughs> I saw it on the fourth way because they can't fake it, right? And that swing at high speeds when he tries to get on that left side, when it wobbles around and all that stuff started happening, it was like... There's a reason why it bounced back onto his right foot. And, and it's hard to do. And I, and like from a business perspective, this is more Max job down the like how you make it work where you can have everybody in a perfect world. You'd have Morgan or Colby and us four teaching every student like that every yes. day. Right. I mean, it's hard to do. I don't know that the right. business model works out for that. Right. But like when you put the fitness side with the biomechanics, and the fundamentals and the instruction and the performance. And then you have mental. I mean, like it's to me, it's pretty powerful what you can get done when you do that. It's hard to do, but like, it would be so cool to be able to, we do it four or five times a year, but it would be cool to be able to do that all the time. It's it's certainly different than the average day at the country club. (laughs) It is. I mean, we, in our business, we call people flag hangers and flag hangers are people that love nothing better than to get that flag from the player. (laughs) says, you know, thank you so much for all your help. And they Mm -hmm. sign their name. And these guys, I mean, I've seen, you know, people frame their 14 flags from the players that won. And, and and I always, they want to be that person and it's never going to be that person. It's the caddy, it's the instructor, it's the trainer. It's everyone cumulative. And people always go, well, they didn't hit a shot. And I said, I, I just promise you, Alex A-Rod went on that field of the Yankees, and you can't say that everything they did was because he was good at what he did. I mean, there's got to be a team. And I can't imagine letting – and I know tour players that do this. There's always somebody that will hijack a player and hijack – and, like, they want to become everything to that player. And that happens a lot, I think. It happens a caddies. lot more. A caddy, and then the caddy's wife is all of a sudden teaching the player, and all of a sudden, you know, he's driving the train for everything. And, I, and I'm not just saying about a caddy. It could be any. Could, could be, be, could be, be the, the agent. fitness guy, the mental guy, the agent. Somebody yeah. always tries to hijack the player, and I can't believe players even fall for it. I'm like, no, no, I want a board of directors around me. I'm not l- relying on just you. And even though I don't know anything about the gospel like you guys do, I know enough to go like, we're not going to. We're going to go see these guys before we start changing shafts and we start changing 
bounce. And I mean, this is an executive decision. You just can't have some one guy come in and go, I'm going to be the guy of the week that gets the flag. We call right. him the flag hangers. I'm the guy that got him to change shafts and he won. Usually when that happens, the guy doesn't win. Goes I mean, the other way. <laughs> and, and I'm not being mean to anybody, but, but there's this, it's there's okay. a lot of pride. There's a lot of pride in people thinking you helped. But, you know, it's really not that's what it's about. No. Right? You know. I mean, we don't. I don't. You know, somebody asked me one time, so that, well, why don't you put flags on the wall? I'm like going, because I ain't done anything yet. Like, it's not what I, I don't even ask for, right? And, but I, you see these guys, and that's their whole pride. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, in, in our business, we call people the flag hangers or the people that are, they usually hijack the player, and the player ends up getting too much information from one person. I mean, I've had you tell me, hey, don't tell him that anymore. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to help, but you don't mind telling me, and I don't mind listening, right? You've right. told me before, you've said, hey, <laughs> you got to be tougher on, with this, on mm-hmm. this guy, mm-hmm. or hey, I, I know you want to be like, you need to back off. This don't, isn't going don't teach end. him this week. <laughs> this isn't going to end well. <laughs> right. you know? but, that, but again, it's not even, but if I'm wrong, or if you're wrong, or whatever, it's not, it's not because I'm trying to be right, or you're trying to be right. It's because we're trying to make sure the player has the best information. Now, I've seen players react when they have people around them that care. It's different. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've, you see it all the time. But anyway, I just, the team thing is where it's going. It's where the game's going. I can't believe there's tour players out there without people, a board of directors, their team, concurring on their. I mean, if Wayne tells me, you know, if he's the best short game teacher in the world, but if he comes up and says, you know, I think his driver shaft is too weak or too, you listen to him. I mean, he's, he's way beyond the short game expert. And we all probably have knowledge that crosses the lane. Yep. In other words, what would you say? You can get in the other lane, but you can't stay very long. That's right. Right. Well, the other thing, too, that, that forms out of this relationship is the ability to, heck, there's been times I've sent Scott a video or a file and asked an opinion like, hey, struggling with guy hitting pulls here. Right. Been working on the same thing. Here's, do you see anything in there maybe I'm missing? Right. Wayne, here's a video of a guy. I can't seem to get him to whatever it is. You know, do you see, you know, Mac, I mean, I'm doing everything the same. Performance is shitty now. What do you think it is? Like there's, you know, so you have these resources and you have the, you know, you have the ability and you don't, you know, so when you're dealing with a player and that's the advantage for the player though, is they, I'm sure that they know we talk. But they don't know the extent that we talk and that we talk all the time. Oh, no. And then, and and then whoever's the lead instructor, or whatever is the guy that's normally in charge of delivering the message. But everybody talks to come up with that message. I mean, they're playing for hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars, and sometimes they budget their team like they're playing bingo. I mean, they, <laughs> I mean you look at NASCAR; they've got a crew chief, they've got four tire changers, they've got a gas guy, they've got a windshield pull the film off the windshield guy. That's a huge response. I mean, there's a bunch of people for that NASCAR guy, right? And I think one of the things is his life depends on it, you know. But his financial, you think they skimp and say, you know what we're going to do? We're just going to get one tire changer. And then as soon as he does that, as soon as he gets doing that, he can put some gas in, right? And this is kind of where it goes, you know. And you see that team jump over the wall. I mean, they're all doing their thing. I've worked for some guys that went with the cheaper tire changer. <laughs> I mean, it's... I've had guys. I mean, I've had guys like, "Oh, that sounds like a lot of money." And I'm like, "When, when you're playing for a lot of money, I mean, this isn't the five dollar ante table, baby. 
I mean, this is where they put you in a private room and it's $10,000 Andy, I'd go in there with everything I got because being $20,000 debt and a $100,000 debt ain't going to matter when you're playing for this much money. But sometimes I've seen people skimp on things that just make me giggle when I'm thinking you're playing, you win a million five every week. And I would, I would go find the best teacher, best trainer. And if I had the money to borrow, I'd borrow it and say, you can only work with me. I'm paying you that much. I would, I'd wrap everybody up. I would. I've always said that. I would. No way I'd let somebody go over and batting coach for the Yankees in the World Series and then go like, I'm going to go work with a couple of the Red Sox players. I'll be right back. Yeah. I mean, that never made any sense that's to me. Now, not get, work. Yeah. You know, I mean, like again, I mean, I know that's kind of probably not feasible, but you get to a point. I would imagine for me, I would look at I'm going to I'm going to stack the tables against my competition. I'm going to take the best trainer away from you. I'm going to take the best instructor away from you. And I'm going to pay a million dollars if I have to to go out and do this. So, But, again, it's not feasible. But in some shape or form, these guys, I've seen guys save enough money, seen a guy save enough money to lose their career. Right. And I've known guys that say, well, that trainer's kind of expensive. I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm like, you just won twice. But like so, when and Mac knows this, when I was assembling the team over time, and especially as we were putting it together here in Frederica, because my goal was to, you know, make it the best place, was like, hey, I wanted. I said, I said, yeah, hey, I want to bring Scott in because he's the best in the world. We want the best biomechanics guy dealing with golf swings. You know, Wayne's taught me forever. He's the best I know with short game. You want the best around you, and then you you fast forward that to developing young players. Well, hell, if if we're really good at dealing with tour players, think if you take a guy, that kid that's 14, yeah. and you put that team around him, and he's got 10 years till he plays, 8 years till he plays yeah. into anything that's worth the shit that matters, how good he can get. And you got Frederica giving us, I don't want to say an unlimited budget because they don't want to hear that, but a really nice budget to build the best learning center in the world. And, you know, it's whatever the best is. And, again, we do this using this for a guy that's 60 to let him go have the greatest day of his life. Mm-hmm. Is worth everything, right? I mean, it's we not- had that with the doc this morning, right? He just wanted to get better, and he's got Morgan in there doing stretches with him. Scott's explaining biomechanics. I'm explaining the stuff I've done. I mean, it's awesome. Well, yeah, there's nothing more fun than seeing the members of Federica going. So I can go through everything those tour players have done, right? Right, <laughs> everything, everything. You know, we have a treatment room in the learning center, like so. We have one, you know, Brian Smith, one of the best body guys in the world, putting guys back together, as we call it. I mean, and, you, and so there's nothing more fun than watching somebody that's only got an hour less in their life walk in and go, I can do everything a tour player does. And that's been the goal. And that's the reason, Frederick, you know, obviously they're providing that for you guys to teach the best players in the world, the best kids coming up in the world. But again, it comes all back to just creating an atmosphere that if you want to get better, we're going to show you a different way. This is, yeah, I mean, you know, the hour, lesson, the hour lessons are essentially gone. Yeah, right. it means just as much to the guy who's over here for a couple of weeks with his wife and he wants to have a good time playing some good golf and he wants to learn something new and he wants to enjoy the game. You know, it means just as much to him. And one, he's a learner. Or more. Or more. Or more. Or more. Or more, yeah. That's right. Yeah, I had one of the parents of the kids here tell me, he's like, I've never seen anything like this. I said, dude, this, we're, we're kind of handicapped because of COVID. You should see it when it's really rolling. There's yeah, a rocking. couple more guys here, a couple tour players here. It's, it's moving and the energy is so good. But like I say, I get to, you know, my thing, is, you know, I'm an old guy now. I get to learn. I get to sit around what you guys do, what you do, and it's fun to me. Right. And then, the, you know, the last part to me, which seems trivial, but I think 
that we all go to dinner at night. I, I've always believed that people that eat together at the end of something, at the end of the day, and that's probably my Italian upbringing, mm-hmm. but I think that when everybody at the end of the day sits down and eats together, I think that's a big deal. Yeah. And you put them at tables where you, you put the 14-year-old with the 18-year-old, you put Mac with a, a 17-year-old that's getting ready to go to college, you know, whatever, and you, and you mix that group up and everybody sits together, eats together, I think that's a big part of the thing because I think that's where people share and I think that's where they get closer to each other and I think they understand where everybody's coming from better. I mean, I think in general, they get more comfortable with that. Sure. And, that <laughs> and that explains why you're always sitting with your back, you never sit with your back to the door. <laughs> yeah, I always sit where I can see what's coming in. And if you had three wives, you don't sit with your back to the door. <laughs> <laughs> uh-uh. No shot. Yeah. I mean, there's two of them I think would still take a shot. <laughs> One of them's still okay with me. But uh, <laughs> she does my logo. I mean, I hung on to that. She was talented. But uh, anyways, I just I think that rounds out the weekend. I think that's that's a big part of it. So it's been kind of an inside look, and I, but also in, an inside look into people that are the best at what they do and, and what it takes no matter who you are or how you want to get better. And the cool part, Scott, for me, always when you come and we do this four or five times a year is is I get the chance to learn from you. And I learn more about the equipment we have, but I also learn more about why some of the stuff I'm doing might be working that I don't understand necessarily why it works. You know, so it's cool. So I appreciate it. Mac, as always, thanks for being part of it. Scott, thanks Thanks for taking the effort to come and do this. You're our biomechanics expert. You're stuck with us. Perfect. Wayno, (laughs) as always, thanks for coming down and uh, it's been fun and we'll do it again soon. Awesome. Thanks, man. And everybody that listened, like you got to hear every bartender and waitress come through here (laughs) and ask me for a tab. We only had one drink during this, which is a record. It sounded way worse than it was. (laughs) So anyways, uh, but uh, we will, uh, we'll catch up with you next week on the tour coach. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Tour Coach with Tony Ruggiero. If you enjoyed this, make sure to hit subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you are listening to this podcast. You can stay up to date because we have weekly episodes coming your way with fascinating people in the world of golf instruction at the highest level. Make sure to subscribe and stay tuned. If you want to learn more about Tony, head over to dosweepersgolf.com to get all the details on what he's up to. Maybe you want to see him, grab a lesson, or go to one of his camps, pick up his book, Lessons from the Legends. You can do that there. If you want to see Tony in action with some videos and other content, head over to golfsciencelab.com slash Tony to get more info there. This episode was powered by the Golf Science Lab and was edited, mixed, and produced by Just Hit Published Productions. As we go into year two of the tour coach, it wouldn't be possible without the support of all our sponsors. And I've had some great ones. And one of the things that I'm most proud of in my career and in my business is the fact that all of my relationships here and all these sponsorships have been long time, long withstanding relationships, haven't jumped from sponsor to sponsor and manufacturer to manufacturer. And I've always prided ourselves in special relationships and when people work together, support each other, and we've all put out great products for the benefits of everybody else. So I want to give a special thanks to these folks that have been with me for such a long time. And that would be the folks at Shrixon, Cleveland Golf, and Zexio. Couldn't ask for a better manufacturer to be aligned with. 
And not only do they put out great product and great support, but they're first class people and they believe in what we're doing here on the tour coach and with the dew sweepers and also Vineyard Vines. Ian, Shep, TJ, and all the folks at Vineyard Vines, it's hard to keep me looking good, but they do a fantastic job. And they're like family. They support everything on the Dew Sweepers, and we're so proud to be affiliated with and support the folks at Vineyard Vines. So if you're out there, you're listening to the Tour Coach, please support our sponsors, Shrixon Cleveland Golf Zexio, as well as Vineyard Vines, and keep listening and keep enjoying hanging out with us here on the Tour Coach.